Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Leftovers Podcast with Derek Kramer. I'm going to say a stupid thing right now. Pudding. Where's my money? Frank R. Curry. I didn't say run through a wall. Do it again? Okay. And Kyle Powell. The Sabres were actually in a playoff spot for the entire year. On WGR550.com. Welcome into another episode of Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank R. Curry. And Kyle Powell. And we were off for a week. So things feel a little weird. Things feel a little weird. Yeah. And speaking of weird, are you ready for something weird? We're getting right into it. Go. With... The dummy or dummies of the week. The dummy of the week. Dante, I'm trying to fight these demons, but I'm dummy thick and the clap of my ass keeps alerting them. You see, I'm feeling awfully generous today, Kyle, Frank. Since we've been off for a little while, I guess, you know what? Why not distribute a little bit more evenly and fairly? Because there is no just one dummy of the week this week. Nobody's that powerfully stupid this week, which I guess is a shame. Kind of shocking. Yeah, no. a little bit shocking. No, because really? you see, it's all fairly elementary. He's trying to segue into something. For you see. Okay, that's all I'm going to do for that. Uh, <laughs> last night, Stanley Cup playoffs, game seven. Awesome. That Boston lost. I got to see a sad Marchand which was the greatest shop shot of a photo ever. Just sad Marchand. Sad Marchand. That's going to be Derek's Twitter header for months. If he hasn't already done it, Or it's going to be should. my fantasy hockey team name. Sad Marchand. That or Sanford and Sunquist. Hey, I called dibs on that already. Okay, I'm not going to start singing that. Anywho, some guy named Ryan O'Reilly scored the opening goal. On a nice little tipper in what would be a dominant game seven win for the Blues on the scoreboard. Because in the first two periods, it wasn't looking like they should have had the lead. Not at all. Getting out of the first period, being outshot 12 to 4. And being up. And owning a 2 nothing advantage. So, my dummies of the week, it's awfully generous. It's everyone. That cares too much about Ryan O'Reilly winning the friggin' Conn Smythe Trophy. If you are a fan, or, by God, a member of the media, that is peddling this whole thing about, this is the worst trade ever because Ryan O'Reilly won the Conn Smythe Trophy. No! No! First off, your outrage should be the same if they finished in last. Stay consistent if you're going to do it. You ready for me to get angry, boys? Because it's coming. I don't think I'm ever ready, but I will break. You might want to get your impact. words in now. Six. <laughs> well, my word's in, so the floor is yours. Good work, Kyle. <laughs> First of all, Ryan O'Reilly was the best player in that trade going to another team. That was the 
it like it's the clear default from the beginning. Clear from the beginning, it's the default that they were going to lose this trade in the short term. Yeah. No, the doy. Okay, of course they were going to lose this trade in the short term. What does not matter is how it ended for the Blues. That should never matter. You what? traded the best player in a trade. Your job is to make sure that your end of the bargain that you got back from St. Louis actually becomes something. And that's what fans should be caring about. They shouldn't give a crap that Ryan O'Reilly got the Conn Smythe Trophy. Because if you're pissed off before, you should be pissed off then, and you should be the same level of pissed off. And I'm pissed off at the fact that people are going to go ahead and try to elevate this stupid narrative so that it's like, oh, the Sabres traded the Conn Smythe winner. He just happened to be the Conn Smythe winner. There's nothing else about it that is special. He just happened to be the guy that won it. Because if I could take you back to a day in early January, the St. Louis Blues were last place in the NHL. And there was no, there was no damn problem from anybody about the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Nobody cared. Or they were like, ha ha, he's in last. I get that it's a result-based business, but it should have no effect on Sabres fans or your stupid opinions on it. They should not change. If you didn't like the trade, you didn't like the trade. And I give you credit for being there from start to finish. Unfortunately, that's about like 5% of you. See, me, I didn't care. I thought that they were doing what was going to be right for the team. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm not scared to admit it. Because guess what? If Jordan Bennington didn't happen, which is basically the equation similar to if Jonas Johansson suddenly came up from ECHL Cincinnati and the Sabres were awesome, that's what happened to the St. Louis Blues. Ryan O'Reilly was a factor to them winning the Stanley Cup. A factor. But he was not the factor. So shut the hell up. If you're going to go ahead and try to peddle that on me. Because I'm not going to have your crap. He was never going to be that player here. Because he was never going to be the guy. Never. In Colorado, he was never the guy. He was pissed off there. Nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about how the Colorado Avalanche also got jack crap for Ryan O'Reilly, just like how the Sabres have gotten so far jack crap for Ryan O'Reilly. The difference is we don't hear about it because the Sabres continue to be ass. The difference is, oh, hey, Ryan O'Reilly won the Conn Smythe. So what? So what? Winning cures all at the end of the day, and I know that that's always going to be the course of action, but guess what? Ryan O'Reilly should have no bearing on what happens. What does matter is Tage Thompson. What does matter is that 31st pick. What does not matter is Ryan O'Reilly winning a postseason trophy. Or the St. Louis Blues winning the Stanley Cup. Because Ryan O'Reilly alone was not the difference. And you're stupid if you believe it, and you're an ass if you push it. He was never going to be that kind of player here. It was Jack Eichel. 
It was Nathan McKinnon. It was Matt Duchesne. In St. Louis, it's him. And it's Vladimir Tarasenko, but he's the center. He's the 1C. Even then, he wasn't playing 1C lockdown. It was Braden Shen. Which is good for Braden Shen. Yes. Yeah, Great for, for Braden, Braden Shen. Shen. Yeah. But my problem here is, don't push this narrative. And for all of you that believe it, don't buy it. If so, I'll go to the bathroom and I'll be able to sell you a candy bar in a couple minutes. I don't think it's a real candy bar, Frank. I don't think so, too. Yeah, but guess what? There's idiots that can buy anything, apparently, these days. Yeah. Yeah. Just like how the weather can sully everything about good moods, there are people in the media that can sully everyone's mood about anything ever. There are countless examples of trades like this where you lose them in the short term, but it's all about what you do. Look at the freaking Sabres! We just signed someone to a contract extension that cost a second, a third, a sixth, and a C-level prospect. The same general manager flees someone else, and he happened to lose in a trade in the short term right now. You can guess what? I can bet you that the Jeff Skinner trade will never be able to come out in any sort of positive spin for the Carolina Hurricanes. Maybe the Sabres can get something out of this for Ryan O'Reilly. Maybe. There's still that chance, and that's what's important. That's what matters. You have to look at the perspective of the trade between both teams. St. Louis was going for it now, so they make a trade like that. The Sabres, this trade is supposed to help them in the long run. That, yeah. was, that was what it was supposed to be from the Holy start. Holy crap, long run, as in more than 365 days, which has not even been since that trade. So can you people plus shut the hell up? Plus, even when they were in dead last, Ryan O'Reilly was still having a really good year. Exactly. And guess what? He got great goaltending from his team. Which, oh, by the way, for those idiots that say that, oh, Jeff Skinner's never played in a playoff game. Yeah, he had Cam Ward. Goaltending does matter. Yeah, that's why I was have Cam Ward on your team. They straight up cut Chad Johnson because he was so bad. Yeah. And that's where Bennington shows up. And he straight up takes the job right out of there. Yeah. So go ahead and tell me that Ryan O'Reilly was the difference. Step off. Because you're telling lies. And if you believe it, again, shame on you. And you probably think Nathan Peterman's still a good quarterback too. And therefore, for all of you that are absurdly pissed about this to the point where I'm pissed off at you being pissed off, I award all of you the dummies of the week. All right, I got that out of my system. Yes, he did. Whew, that felt good. Whew. I needed that. I needed that. That was therapeutic as hell. I think not having a show on Monday also did not help me at all. Yeah. I feel like this show has now just become like a giant couch for me, and I just bitch about everything that I have a problem with. 
and then you two are just writing notes the whole time like hmm yes interesting okay you're just crazy person and you need to lay off extremely crazy lay off the sugars schizophrenic (laughs) first off I'm not mocking anything with mental illness. No, I'm just oh, going no, ahead and making fun of myself being loopy Jojo the idiot circus clown over here, okay? Um, and second off, it's just like, lay off the sugar, bro. You're hyper enough. Calm needs, your butt. Needs to stop drinking Dr. Pepper. Hey, no. No. I will not. Dr. Pepper has a chemical that messes with his mind. You have a chemical that messes with people's minds. I don't know where I was going with that. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up, Frank. Who has said barely a word in this podcast. Yeah, because you've been saying everything. I told you guys to get your words in. I told you. I gave you a warning. Now I'll ask you two. Do you guys at least share the same sentiment in a less angry version? Oh, absolutely. I... It's as, it's as, as I said earlier, like... If you thought that the O'Reilly trade was going to help the Sabres now, you're not analyzing trades, right? Yes. They got Berglund and Saboka in that. Berglund no. was ex- – Berglund obviously quit, but he was – and he was expected to be that second-line center to help Middlestat grow, in, grow into the role. And obviously that didn't work out. We found out really quickly. But at the end of the day, they were just two depth pieces. And they weren't even that. And you couldn't, but you, you couldn't predict that. There was no way you were going to predict that Patrick Berglund by December or by November, actually, was going to quit the team and terminate his contract. There was no way you were going to predict that Vladimir Saboka was going to be the liability that he was when the trade happens. But you got to, they were expected to just be two roster players. Two players that you could play every game in your probably likely your top nine. Tage Thompson is the prospect that you got. He's the guy that you're growing. He's the guy that you're developing to be whatever you whatever you want him to be. Do you want him to be a top nine scorer? Okay, develop him into that. He wasn't gonna be it right away. He's still twenty years old or twenty one. But if you thought Tate Thompson was going to help you right away, you're not looking at you're not looking at prospects the right way. You know, it would have been nice. It would have been nice. Oh, of course, it always it always is. Like it would be really nice to have the guy the Sabers take at seven in this year's draft make the team right away. That'd be really nice. But it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. And then you got two draft picks out of it, one of which just happened to be the thirty first pick. And, and guess, you got a second round pick two years from now. And guess what? Sometimes that happens. It does. Yeah, it it happens. But it, it, but don't go telling me that it's the thirty first pick because of strictly Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. One, that's not how sports work, and for teams. It's how tennis works. But it's not how hockey works. It's not how football works. It's not how basketball works. No, they're team games for a reason. Ryan O'Reilly was not the reason the Blues won the Cup. He was a reason. He was a, he was a big reason. He was a he reason. Played, he won the Smythe for a re- He did win the Smythe for a reason. He was a factor. But, he, yes. 
He was but a you go ahead and tell it. me that Game 5 doesn't belong to the Boston Bruins without Jordan Binnington. Or Game 7. Or Game 7. Binnington was a monster last night. Yeah. He stole the cup. He stole it from Boston. It was theirs. And he was like, nope, 12 to 4 in the shots in the first period, and they come away with a 2 nothing lead. Yeah. Because of Jordan Binnington. Just three incredible saves in the first period alone. And then that incredible save, ones. And then that big one in the third period that led to yeah. the dagger. Yeah. I thought that should have won Bennington the Cotton Smythe alone. Every every Stanley Cup final always has their goal, the goaltender who wins it always has that one save where it's like, okay, it's his. It's their t- it's theirs. That save in the third period was it. To flip that though, to have it go back the other way and score a goal like damn yeah damn yeah like last year it was that saving game too for Holpe yes that is true Vegas won the stick save stick yeah save, right yeah in game two I was just trying to mentally that helped Washington that, as you that said. helped Washington win four straight games yeah you always have that one where it's it's theirs he's taking it and he's running with it that was it last night. Yeah. And the Blues are Stanley Cup champions because of Jordan Bennington. And he's one of the bigger reasons. They I think he's get... the reason. No one, no one is ever the reason. I think he's the reason they are where they are. Their goaltending was atrocious heading, it, heading into January. It was one of the worst in the league. They were where they were because of their goaltending. The team was still really good. Like, heading into the year, the Blues were expected to be a really good team. They were expected to be a playoff contender. They were expected to be, okay, is this the year they finally make that run? Yeah, their metrics were fine in the first half of the season. They just weren't getting timely saves They just weren't getting – their goaltending was letting them down. Yeah. Benito comes in, stabilizes the position, and was better, and was incredible. To your credit, too, I remember you – at the start of the playoffs, making a reference that if the Blues go anywhere, it's because you want to see you expect Jordan Bennington to have a Matt Murray like yeah. performance in the playoffs. Yeah. I just compared them; they're comparable. Yeah. The only thing is, Matt Murray never had an assist. Jordan Bennington had an ass- a playoff assist, so edge, <laughs> edge advantage. Jordan Bennington, better Jordan offensive Bennington. player. <laughs> Confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. It just look. That's why I say don't peddle this narrative on me just because you're miserable and you're, you want your takes to be miserable and just make people hate more things. Because you're being a jerk. Stop it. Being a Debbie Downer. You're being a Jerry Sullivan. <laughs> or you actually are Jerry Sullivan. Which is worse? I don't know. But damn, did it feel good seeing Sad Marshawn. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got something. Yes. <laughs> so to you, Boston, suck it. Oh, that felt so great. Watching you just get your butt kicked up and down the ice, even though you controlled the puck for most of the two periods. But that third period, oh, my God. Uh, 
You want to talk about mailing it in at that point? Jeez. Right. Bennington had to make that one save, but I didn't think anything else was going to be suspect at that point. <laughs> St. Louis knew they had something there. Blood's in the water. Go get it. And good for them. Suck it, Jim. Team Pam. Team Pam. And That's right. The Boston. chairs The chairs outdid the copiers on this night. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Man, like, everything about this is just fantastic for me. Boston finally takes an L. That, that kid with that sign. You're right. That's right. Oh, man, how quickly did you rip that up? You hate – you hate you know things that you hate to see. Oh, you hate to see that, right? Couldn't have happened. Totally. To, yeah, couldn't have happened to a nicer kid, huh? Yeah. Couldn't. Have, oh, what a shame. What a shame. Things you'll love to hear, though. Hot mics, passing that cup around. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Those okay. were lethal, dude. And this is through the power of sheer editing, because I have that opportunity. Live TV does not. The Blues gave all of the f***s. They did. Oh, they did. <laughs> so many. So many. I, ca- I counted what, like 12? They were a flowing. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was awesome. That was just, that's just pure emotion right there. And then... O'Reilly with the interview in the post game. Yeah. There's one more. They just gave all of them. Everything that they had was just woo and the other one. <laughs> I don't feel like editing more, so I just know that I can get away with it because I have the power of not live radio. <laughs> It just shows how much it means to the players to win the cup. You're letting out all of that emotion. And you do not one, care what it is. Yeah, and you don't care. There's no protocol. There's a reason. There's no protocol. There's a reason why the Stanley Cup is known as the hardest trophy to win. <laughs> you got to go through all of everything. Two months of hell, of war, with 15 other teams. Then that's just the postseason. Yeah. And this was one of the harder runs, too, because I believe seeing that the Blues tied a postseason record for games played. This was their 26th game. Yeah. They, they went they, seven with Winnipeg. Six yep. with Winnipeg, seven with six, Dallas, yeah. six with San Jose, and seven Boston. And to think that they each could have gone to another seven-game series with those. Yeah. Because Winnipeg-St. Louis was a slugfest. Mm-hmm. San Jose kept getting all the right calls. Mm-hmm. That finally came to an end. Even when there was one that – Really looked devastating at first, at the start of a series. What did St. Louis do? Put their heads down. Kept going. Won the next three. 26 of a potential 28 games. That is an eight-week absolute grind. Yeah. I do not blame those players one bit for what they did on the ice last night. Nope. Double overtime in game seven against Dallas. First off, off, as a TV producer, you just have it on the bottom of the screen at this point. There will be words said. Viewer discretion advised. (laughs) Like, the minute they start mobbing the net, just put that thing out there. Let people see on your TV screen. Things about to be said. 
And we cannot apologize for it because there's a hot mic. (laughs) But here's your warning. If you have children, well, they're about to find out that that word could be a happy word. That just reminds me of... (laughs) It just reminds me when the Dodgers clinched the NL pennant two years ago. (laughs) 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 You're going to want to do another edit here. Clayton Kershaw was having a post-game interview, and rookie Walker Buehler just does a drive-by and walks by and goes, where the f*** is my shirt? (laughs) (laughs) Just live TV, and I watched that on – This is so great that I have the ability to make sure that that's not a problem. I just watched that on reroll for like 10 minutes. Or Jonathan Quick tanked at the Stanley Cup parade. Where's my f***ing shirt? (laughs) Another one. (laughs) Ah, man, you got to make me do work? Yeah, I do. Damn it. (laughs) It's a busy Thursday. Then again, I said dicks for dollars earlier. It was so. Just, oh, so that hysterical. is incredible. And yeah, I remember quick in 2012. Oh my sloshed. God, he was so sloshed. Oh. And then the uh, people airing it. It was a local station too, and they're yeah, just it like was local. We apologize for the words that were said here. Sorry about that. Because what? what else can you do, dude? No, during a can't. hockey game, it's the greatest thing sometimes, where they argue a call with someone. My favorite was. Uh, here we go. More editing. Uh, Dinus Zubris. Just Dinus Zubris got called for an interference penalty, and you just hear it clear as day. It was on a TSN feed. I did not f- throw him f- off. <laughs> and the announcers are just like, well, Zubris didn't agree with the call. <laughs> I worked a game for uh, TSN Montreal when they were here for the Sabres, and uh, the play-by-play guys love it when that happens. It's like it's the funniest thing in the world when you have to uh, – deal with that sort of a thing and there's an f-bomb dropped in game uh between the sabers and canadians and the play-by-play guy just turns around to me thumbs up like yeah (laughs) because it's funny to hear it sometimes like in the in real action you got to remember that just like if you drop a hammer on your foot they could say the same damn thing about something else about a turnover in the defensive zone (laughs) that's right It just, it's one of those things. It's a human emotion. And we have the power of sheer editing. I've got a lot of work to do <laughs> after this show. Got a lot of it. I got to put in the dummy of the week. I got to edit out all these things that are just marked. I got to find the one that I didn't. That, that is the fun goose chase. That's Always the exciting is. one. I know it's early, it's in my little. I could look where the volumes are the highest in this one and find that one. The problem is I still I still have to sift through ten minutes of that. Cause I was angry. I was a pissed off little thing. But yeah. The <laughs> St. Louis Blues just gave all of the Fs. They gave all of them. You know how you say you can give no Fs? Oh, they gave all of them. They were happy. Very happy. And good for them. Yeah. It's awesome. That and you can not tell me that Brad Marchand being sad is not worth it alone. Nothing made me happier than the sad Marchand. Couldn't have happened to a better guy.
So now what? The odds on favorite for next year? We gotta talk about next season. I feel like the odds on favorite still gonna be Tampa. It is. That's that. Yeah. Boston will probably be top five. Vegas is Superbook as of June tenth. Tampa six to one. Boston ten to one. Toronto ten to one. <laughs> okay. Vegas seven to one. Colorado. Vegas. Colorado got ten to one odds. What do you think of that? Dude, the Vegas Golden Knights have negative cap. They're losing players. What's Vegas? What are, what are these idiots doing? You give me the favorite out of the West of the Vegas Golden Knights when they still have to sign players and they have no money. They have negative money. Blues fourteen to one. Buffalo sixty to one. Fair. Philadelphia twenty five to one. What? Same odds as Nashville. What? Same odds as Florida. Florida? Look, I get that Nashville's choked in the playoffs a lot, but they're fine. I think they're better than Philly or Florida when it comes to getting a chance at the cup. Oh, the Ottawa. <laughs> Hang on. Wait. Here we go. Let's guess. 250. I'm going to go with... Uh, 150. Both of you need to go higher. I'm putting $5 down on this. <laughs> 500. Lower. 400. Between 250 and 500. 400. Now between 250 and 400. 350. Between 250 and 350. 300. 300. Yes. 300. It's in the front. Yay. Yes. I'll go with $1, Bob. <laughs> Seriously, I'm gonna go with one dollar. Be like, Ottawa Senators Stanley Cup, please. One dollar. They'll be looking at me like, why'd you just give us a dollar? I'm like, because I'm not gonna actually bet on this. Come on. <laughs> if I'm gonna waste money, I might as well just waste a dollar, right? Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? What do you? What's the minimum bet you got to throw? Like fifty for one of those things? Screw that. Nah. It's like a week's worth of lunch. How about Scott Barry? Sure about Scott Barry, the guy that blue super fan, the guy that put hedge, that good his, for him did not hedge his four hundred dollar bet, turned it into a hundred k. Good for him. Buy something real nice with that. I yeah. can't even imagine, dude. The stress probably. Right. Well, the stress too of people wanting to buy that ticket. He mm-hmm. was at right before Game Six. He was offered seventy five thousand for it. Good so he still would have made bank. It just wouldn't have been a hundred k. But he's like, nope, I'm keeping this till the end. Oh, if that backfired, and his team lost Game Seven of the Cup Final, that dude'd be inconsolable. Trade wins. It's officially the NHL complete offseason for all 31 teams. Yes. Darren Dreger. 12 minutes ago. Trade discussions will heat up in the days leading up to next week's draft. Thank you for that. Mentioned Vancouver's interest in Nikita Zaitsev last week. Sounds like the Oilers have some interest as well. Holy crap, the draft's next week. Yeah, seriously, the draft is next week. We'll do a draft special next week. Yes. We got to. Buyout period starts on Saturday. Ooh. No, they're not buying out Saboka or Scandella. There's only one year left on the contract. Calm down. Yeah. People. Which is what it is. Yeah, they still could if they want to. So I guess, you know what? To go back to your question, what now? For the Sabres, what now? 
I've got two words for you. Jordan Everly. I've got two more words for you. Marcus Johansson. Maybe even two more words. I have Gustav a n- Nyquist. I have a number and a letter to see. So Matt Duchesne. Okay. Do you want to talk about some of this? Why don't we talk about some of this? I so mean, this is what I next. don't. I don't want to see the Sabers sign a guy to be their second line center long term. I can agree. Oh, with that's that. right. I remember where you're going with this. Because we talked about this before, but we never said anything about this on the podcast or on air when I was given the chance last week to talk about the Jeff Skinner thingy. Also, in a couple seconds, I'm going to get you guys' thoughts on the Jeff Skinner thingy. Yes. So, Casey Middlesex is expected to be the future 2C, the guy after Jack. Why sign, a, why sign Matt Duchesne for seven years? I completely agree gonna with that. that. I think they should be going after a, at most, around, if you're going to sign a center to be your 2C, go for a guy for like three years. And then he can, and then that player can transition into a different role when middle stat can get there. Because I think at some point they want, it's Eichel, they want middle stat there. And then the three C probably up for debate for, a guy like Evan Rodriguez or even Rasmus Asplund. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to do that if you're signing a center or trading for a center that's got long that's got a massive term on his contract. So signing a guy like Matt Duchesne for seven years or heck, even trading for a guy like Tyler Johnson from Tampa for who's got five years left. I think they need to find a short term guy yeah, for that role. That's not a bad idea. The first guy that immediately comes to mind for me is Joe Pavelski, and it all depends contingent on him actually hitting free agency. What about a guy like, as I look, you talk short-term only, who won't cost you a lot, who can slide into a third-line centerman role if and when Casey is ready. What about a guy like Ryan Dezingle? This angle might look for a little more longer term, I think. That, he's also not a center. He's listed as one, but he's primarily played wing since being in the, since coming up to the NHL. And Cost-dependent? What about one of the original saber killers of the, recent, of the modern era? Uh-oh. Jason Spezza? Cost-dependent. I, like I you got to be looking so. at maybe I'm not looking at more than 2-5. I will. Pa- I pass on that only because he's fallen off the last couple of years. That's why I'm saying, like, if you're paying more than two five, you're wasting money. I think no. I think if you're signing Jason Spezza, it's to play a third or fourth line role only, yeah. not to be that transition center for middle stat. And that gets me back though to a guy like Marcus Johansson. Plus, like, it, plus, center. like, plus, like, if you're signing Jason, if, if you want to go after Jason Spezza, I mean, fine. But that would guarantee you're not going to bring back Pominville. Like, you could just, just pick one of the two. Right. Like I said, it's I didn't say it was the greatest of ideas. I'm no, just it's an that. idea. I th- it's an idea. But it's, a, it's a kick the tires, see how much it'll cost kind of thing. But he's his 
Like his you're looking is, at maybe his age has started to catch up to, has yeah. caught up to him the last couple of years. Yeah, but you're maybe only looking at one or two years on that kind of deal anyway. Yeah. He's 36. You, like you said, the age caught up to him a bit. And if I'm pushing more than 2-5, it's no thank you. You can go somewhere else. Like I said, it's not the greatest of ideas, but it would be interesting to at least ponder the thought on a dart at the board, I would say. I guess is the way to describe it. But there's a guy like Marcus Johansson who could play all three positions on a forward line. Who could really be be a big help to you. He came off of a solid postseason. Honestly, injuries were the only problem in New Jersey why he wasn't producing on a consistent basis and got traded for peanuts. I love the idea of Marcus Johansson. Because he showed that he could be that player that he was with the Capitals. A player who could be your a top six player for you and then it with a stronger core end up on the third line. That's exactly what he ended up in Boston. What do you think his market's gonna be coming off a solid postseason cap hit already around four eight? I probably think he's looking, probably going to look for something similar. Possibly looking at with how that postseason ended for him. You could look at a maximum of 5-5. Five, five, but that's I'm not a maximum. Against, I'm not against the idea. That's a bidding war, though. I'm not against the idea of Johansson, but I think he's also seen more as a winger. I'm just thinking it's a guy who can play center. Yeah. He can do everything for you, and... Not to mention standalone as a signing, a great idea nonetheless. Yeah. You know, like, what if Olsen's not ready for the big time yet? Um, What if your prospects don't all show up here? Like, you're looking at maybe three guys that challenge, hopefully. Maybe one of them falls off here, and you get a guy like Marcus Johansson who could fill into your top six. He can play the left or right. He can play center. It's not his natural position, but he can do it. He's done it in the past for at least extensive amounts of time. Yeah, it's an interesting thought to have. I just, you know, it's an interesting idea to kick the tires. Yeah. Anders Lee. He's going to want a payday. He's going to want a payday. And I think he's going to resign with the Islanders anyway. He was he was in the Wayne Simmons camp where he was vastly underpaid. He yeah. wasn't even making four with the Islanders. And John Tavares helped or not? He's coming. Up, he's two seasons removed from forty goals. Yeah, and did thirty plus this year without Tavares driving a line of the captain. He's interesting, but I don't know if that would be option A. It wouldn't be option A. I'm looking at ideas. I'm kicking tires around here. Yeah, his three seven five is. My good. foot is sore. I'm kicking a lot of things right now. I expect that to be very higher. That's me. Kicking. I'm kicking ideas around. Trade market. I don't think I can ever properly predict what's going to happen there. Things happen. Fun things happen. And then there's always a chain reaction. I think Gustav Nyquist is always a great idea. Um, Jordan Everly actually coming off of a down season might be something you could take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, that that's one where you can 
see about a, something buy low. Maybe like a low risk, high reward kind of thing, but I don't see Eberly taking like a one year proven. No, 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 no. But like he's gonna want probably like a four or five year deal. You could hope for a lower cap hit. Yeah. How old is Mr. Eberly? Twenty nine. Okay. Like a lot of these free agents. Twenty eight, twenty nine. Kevin Hayes, who just got traded to the Flyers, his rights got traded to the Flyers, right. 27. I don't know what to expect from that. That's right. It's kind of the same situation. What did they trade for that? Fifth for round the rights. Okay. It's kind of a... Will fans boo Kevin Hayes nonstop if he doesn't sign? It depends on where he signs. I don't know if he's, they're going to see him a lot because you got him from Winnipeg. If he goes out west again... What, are you going to see him once a year? Hey, Sayers fans boo the hell out of Jimmy Vesey all the time, so your bet is as good as mine. No, but I was going to equate the Hay situation to Buffalo a little bit because Sean Couturier has emerged as first-line center now that Claude Giroux is on a wing. Yep. Similar to Buffalo with Eichel, Skinner, XYZ. You know your first line, you know, swapping out a right winger every now and then if you're talking about Philadelphia. But second line – was supposed to be Nolan Patrick's here in year three. And he hasn't taken that big step in year two. He had a little bit of a bump, but was still shown flashes last year. Was minimally sort of the same player as he was in year one, being the second overall pick in 2017. And now with Hayes in the mix, talking about like a Buffalo-type scenario, that might be a deal that could get Philadelphia in trouble if that goes long-term because not only do you bust the confidence of a guy like Patrick, you're sort of inclined if Hazel is to stay in Philadelphia, to give him those minutes on the second line, and you may never see real growth and development from Patrick. You know what? I'm sorry about this name that I ignored here. And no one's mentioned it. His season was awful last year on three different teams, but a short-term center. Wait a minute. A guy three who, teams. A guy who could play second-line center minutes for you, if needed, until Casey Middlestat's ready. Derek Broussard. Hmm. 31. Probably going to get a nice value out of him now. I think that's a little interesting. But See, I it also me recall, kicking tires. Yeah, I also recall him not being good. But I mean, you could bank. You could. He had twenty three points last year. Yeah, of course he wasn't good. But he could be one of those players that helps out in the long term of things by coming here on a short term deal. Yeah, be that Joe Pavelski type. Yeah. Except coming a lot cheaper. Sure, sure. I think that that's not a bad option. Yeah. It's an it's an idea to have fun kicking around. Because he's never been a world ender. But before last season, he was always a solid mid-30s to 40 points, maybe even 50 points for you. 
And he's always been that kind of player. He's moved around a lot, but I think he can get something solid there. Kicking tires is fun. It is. It is fun. So there you go. Derek Broussard might be another little juicy option to look into. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. So, does Toronto win it all? Wait, no. Jeff Skinner first. Jeff Skinner first, you guys. What were your thoughts? Yes. Exactly what I thought it would, was going to be. Um, and I'm still Well, I was still talking about ex- Toronto. I'm still ecstatic that they got it done. It's not an overpay? Or is it a necessary overpay? I think it was a necessary overpay. He would have gotten that kind of money in free agency. Yes, some team was going to do it. Yeah, I agree. Keep your stars Thank you. happy. Thank you. You could even just went with keep your stars. because we Jack Eichel's about- happy. We here He's got his right-hand man. I'm sorry, left-hand man. He's going to uh, play a lot of left yep, wing. Yep, 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 yep. But, yeah, like we know a certain offseason where they made the Eastern Conference Finals for two straight years, and then they didn't keep their stars. And it went downhill fast. They've never truly recovered. Yeah, they made the playoffs once after that, but they've never truly recovered and now have the longest playoff drought. Part of that has to do with, well, you didn't keep your damn stars from that time. Then you had to sign Thomas Vanek to a massive deal because if you let him walk too, good God. Had you kept Drury and Briere and Vanek was the one that got poached, you have Drury, Briere, and four first-round picks. Sabres fans have seen too many scenarios where players leave this city on a sour note or they're run out of town. Ryan O'Reilly, Evander Kane. Robin Leonard. Where were they all this year? In the postseason. You really mean to tell me that Jeff Skinner's 40-goal season, the chemistry he built with – could have been Jason Pominville, could have been Sam Reinhart. All the time it was Jack Eichel. You really wanted to see that go out the door because you weren't willing to shell out an extra million dollars, $500,000. You don't want to do this movement clause that he was you know, probably getting that held up That is something that annoys the hell out of me. And then, heaven forbid, Jeff Skinner. What, the drought goes on another year. A person who you've seen prove that he can play in the city, loves this city, was willing to, I believe, waive something to come here. Yes, he had he wa- no movement. He waived his no movement. Exactly. Put up numbers, produced. You saw the best of Jack Eichel. You saw the best of Jeff Skinner. That's a duo you need to keep together. Heaven forbid, what would have happened? July 1. He goes to X team here. 
and you're looking at him hoist something like Ryan O'Reilly did last year, and you're saying, wow, what could have happened? Well, that one would be I'm actually torching the Sabres going, why the hell did you let a 40-goal scorer out the door? Why did you let a consistent 30-goal scorer out the door? But the one thing you mentioned it, the people that say, I would have rather paid him $8 million. So what, you'd rather have Jeff Skinner at $8 million and keep Johan Larson around? Because that's what you're equating this to. Mm-hmm. You know, like Grass is always greener, my friends, but the reality is you are not in and that chair. And if you're bitching about a decisions. half million, like, it's an overpay, you should have got eight five. If you're bitching about half a million, well, pfft, I don't know what to tell you. you just, you're just salty. I hate the people who say, well, I would have rather paid him eight or eight and a half and stuff like that because it's like, well, one, you're not the GM. Two, players don't take less money. That's a rare thing that happens. And three, it's chump change compared to the cap. Especially yeah. with the lengths of the contract. Like seven and a half's a big deal. Seven's a big deal. Yeah. But Skinner's agent is going, uh, bye. Players in at least Major League Baseball and NHL, NBA's different. There's a lot of player movement. There's a lot of opt-outs. There's a lot of trades. There's movement almost every day, it feels like, in that league. But in the NHL, at least from what I can tell, and you guys can agree, disagree, go with I feel like players, especially stars like Jeff Skinner, you have one real shot at a payday. This was his shot. He, You knew from the get-go. It was great to have him here in this season. Mm-hmm. The roller coaster it was. It was great to see Jeff Skinner, and you wanted him around, but you knew, and I think he was outright saying it. It wasn't going to be easy. He wasn't going to take it easy on Buffalo. Players want to get paid, right? And who's to blame them for that? That's yeah. the problem. If you were in that situation, would you not do the same thing? Would you take a one million dollar pay cut on the one chance you have, really, in your career to make that type of money? Because the next time Jeff Skinner is going to have an opportunity to really... He's going to be like 35. 35 years old. Yeah. What's your worth going to be then? We're going to be talking about you as a Jason Spezza type player. Like, oh, yeah. can we get him in here for a second-line center role for a year so we can develop our young guy behind him? What are you going to be making then? Yeah. Yeah. I just... It, and again, if you're upset about it, you just want to be upset about it. Or you're John Shannon, who has no idea about the Sabres. Just because they've made mistakes in the past on different regimes and even different ownership. That was like, what, three regimes ago? Yeah. Like, come on. Like, Philly, Philly Leno scored 40 total goals in his career. Jeff Skinner just had, did that in one season. That's just a lazy take. All right. So, we'll move on from this now. There's a couple other things that we need to get to. I can't wait for when Marner eventually re-signs with Toronto for, like, 10-plus, and people are going to be like, oh, how good of a contract it is. That's how it goes. Yeah. All right, so. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. A couple other things before we do the NBA Finals. The U.S. Women's National Team, they put up that 13-burger on Thailand. And people are getting up in some stupor about them celebrating goals. First off, there's nothing more disrespectful than a team letting up in what is supposed to be on the grandest of stages. Yeah. First off, goals are tiebreakers. So they should be doing everything they can. Still, to the last minute. And if you go ahead and say, oh, they should have pulled back on him, the answer is no. You tell an athlete that in the heat of the moment. No. And if you're on the other side of that drubbing, the disrespect from someone pulling up on you has got to feel worse. Because you can use getting beaten like that as lessons. You can look back and see, where did we screw up in this? Even this late when it was 11 nothing. You can look back at it and go, okay, we need to do this better. Or you're just not in the same class, and that's okay. So please, go ahead and tell me they should have let up. Next time you're up for a promotion against someone that has no chance, I'll go ahead and say, hey, you should let up on them. Or, or... If you're a parent of a kid in athletics and you want to see your kid do something awesome, no, tell him to let up. Tell him to let up. Now do you realize how stupid you sound? That's the biggest place in their career to be able to do something like that. They need to stay sharp because that's also a terrible habit to be able to just pull up on some team. Mm Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you get lazy and you get swept in the first round like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oof. Bam. Oh, snap, dog. I just put a real-life scenario in front of you. Shut the hell up. As for the celebrations, yeah, you do see it where, like, for example, in a blowout of a hockey game, there's no celly going on. You know, you just. Last night, for example. Yeah. It turned, but, like. Those players were still all amped up. Mm -hmm. But you'll see it in a regular season game, for example, and this is lower stakes, by the way. So, again, we're talking about the pinnacle. But, like, you know, it turns into don't celebrate the goal mode, otherwise you're going to get knocked by someone in the next shift. Like, it's just the fist bump. You gather around, hey, nice job. That's also, like, a regular season thing. You just cited it. In the Stanley Cup final, it's 4 nothing. They're celebrating like they scored the first goal of the game. Why? It's the peak, the pinnacle of what you are there for. The World Cup, it is the pinnacle. Alex Morgan scored five goals. How do you not celebrate that? You have to be a robot or Jordan Bennington. Yeah, there are people that have scored World Cup goals before. But it's all about being there in the moment. Act like you've been there before. Well, they have. And that's how they acted. They celebrated their goals. Yeah. So even that's wrong. I get it. You're salty about that sort of thing. But since when the hell did we have to stop for that? It's so stupid. It's so stupid of an argument. 
Nobody bitched about the Dream Team racking up people at the Olympics. Nobody did. It was a different era, it seems. And this is going to sound get-off-my-lawn typey here. Who the hell cares that they keep scoring goals? Who the hell cares that they keep celebrating these goals? We shouldn't have to slow down in sports for the worst of the teams to be able to feel better about themselves. You need to keep it fair, Derek. It's about an even playing field. This is the Everyone man. gets a participation trophy. And this is the old man get off my lawn thing that I'm saying here. That stuff is stupid when you're talking about the world cop. Just like the St. Louis Blues, we're just giving it all out today. Frank's the only one missing one right now. Because even Kyle's gone off the hinge. <laughs> He's he did happy. it a hilarious way. He did. That story. <laughs> but still. <laughs> that was awesome. He even, he even put a second one in for good measure. Maybe still. It was fantastic. Step up, Frank. <laughs> the NBA Finals. So, I just read a tweet. Kevin Durant may miss all of 2019-2020. Ugh. That thing happened where fans cheered. So we go from one controversial topic to the other. Bad luck, moment of weakness for fans, happens everywhere. You don't get to shame Toronto or all of Canada for it because it's going to happen to everyone. Chiefs fans cheered when their own quarterback was injured in Matt Castle. That's far worse, I think. Here's the thing about sports fans. And I know that you are amongst us listening. The worst will always show up. It is a guarantee. Just like San Jose choking in the playoffs, or Jerry Sullivan being pissed off about anything, the worst in sports fans will always show up. Always. Doesn't matter what era we're in, social media era, or even the friggin' 1960s. The worst of sports fans show up. Always. That does not forgive them. That does not give them a pass. But don't speak holier than thou on your high horse. Because I can bet you there's some moment of weakness that happened with your fan base. So there you go. That's my take on that. It was a terrible look for Toronto fans. Good on the players to immediately get on them for that. And the PA announcer said, no, guys, don't. No. Shut up. So it was good that there was that response. But that doesn't mean that, oh, Canada, you shouldn't have a... You shouldn't have a team here. As you're on your high horse and you ride off. That's my take on that. It's only 
ever the knuckleheads. Always. Yep. You hear the voices from them. Those the, are the ones that seem to divine, define a populace. The dumb speak the loudest. Exactly. This is why we can't ever have nice things, ever in life. Exactly. It's fans in the stands. It's guys on social media. Oh, if that were me, look at me as I type this. Well, you weren't there. So yeah, I don't know what would happen if it were you. And you don't know what would have happened if it were you either. It's easy to sit back after it happened and say, I wouldn't do that. I find it hard-pressed myself. That team has been starred for no championships. Think of yourself in that position. Yeah. Okay, well, you can. <laughs> but seriously. Listen here, seriously. Philly. Listen here, Philly. <laughs> Get yeah. yourself in those shoes. It's a moment You've of weakness. You've been starved for decades. It's a Can moment you of weakness. Really, it's a moment of weakness is, what you're, is, 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 is a great way to put it because the reality is you just don't. No. So the people that sit back and say it wouldn't be me, I my only response to you is, well, I don't think you know that. It's easy enough to type it, easy enough to say it out loud, but you just yeah. don't know. No, oh, he's Kyle nailed it right there. It's all knee jerk. You can yeah, you things can happen so fast. Say, yep. Yeah. You could look at you could look back. You could have been probably... one of those guys that were that were doing that and you'd be like why 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 did i do i'm not that person why did i do that it's just you don't you just Hell, there's, don't know there's probably fans that go oh damn it he he ruptured his achilles ah, oh. i feel terrible yeah you, i they probably look at the you. replay and go i cheered for that Ugh, what was i doing yeah it's just uh <laughs> It's one of those things, and here's the here I think is the strangest part about all of this, though. I think there's a reason he got booed more so than anything else. It's because he's Kevin Durant, and he went and chased rings. He's already a villain. Yeah, and there are probably yes. basketball fans that took pleasure in seeing a villain fall. Nobody probably thought, rupture your Achilles, you suck. Because I, I had one of those moments, actually. It was, it was on Twitter. I'd said, I said, I hate the sight of Kevin Durant with the Warriors. Because I'm watching that game, that game five, and I'm thinking, they don't have a chance here today. Not with the way Durant's shooting. Dude's a perfect four for four. Three for three from three-point range. Mm-hmm. 11 points already. You're not winning this game. you got to find a way to win game six. I'm already resigning to the Toronto Raptors going to game six. And then that happens. I'm like, jeez. I didn't want that. Right. It's like, yeah, I hate seeing them on this team because they're too good, but I didn't need that to happen. Like, that sucks. You don't want it to go down like that. I want it to go down with him laying bricks the whole night. Because that's how you cheer against a villain. Not for injury. Not like this. Mm-mm. And now he may not even play next year. That's going to change the whole complexion of the league. The Warriors are now still really good, but human. Kevin Durant doesn't – I don't think he opts out now. No. That's why I'm saying it changes the complexion because there were rumors that he might. 
and he was going to be that defining factor yeah. in the offseason. Like, if he goes here. And the Knicks thought that they were going to get yeah. him. <laughs> the Knicks. Oh, if there's one thing I can always make sure that I can feel better about myself. Uh, the Knicks exist. <laughs> Man. So there it is. Now game six. Well, Katie was there. Now he's not. For worse reasons than better. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard took over and then didn't in the later stages of game five. Then he was just like, I'm feeling all of it. And it's like, dude, you're taking bad shots now. Come on, stop. Ah, oh, crap. They took the lead. I think the timeout call, though, was a killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On a 12-2 run. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's exactly when you take that timeout if you're Steve Kerr. It's like, guys, guys, we got to do something. <laughs> I was just thinking, oh, this is an awfully convenient time for Kawhi Leonard to suddenly take over in this game because Marcus Gasol was your leader in points at that point. I became a Marks. Mar- I became a Marcus Saul appreciation account that night. Really? Yes. First thing I tweeted about Game Five was, "Damn, Mark Stahl is out there." <laughs> he said, "Mark Stahl." I'm Mark Stahl. Marcus Saul. Mark Stahl. Marcus Stahl. Fake Stan account. Fake. One of the seventeen Stahl brothers on your mind. <laughs> I'm still in hockey mode, okay? <laughs> so, game six tonight. Is it tonight? It's tonight. Yes, sir. Today is Thursday. Mm-hmm. I do have to remember things. Nine. Do you think Toronto takes it? Some tells me we're going seven. Hoy. That's the thing. Like, the Warriors are still a really good team in their own right. Yeah. And they kind of found a way to slow down Kawhi Leonard. And if Marcus Saul didn't step up, I think game six would have been – I mean, game five would have been very much a blowout. Something tells me that Curry and Thompson are going to go completely bananas tonight. Like they did in game five? More. Like, More. Like, early on in the game, they were not. What is more than bananas? Banana Sunday? Banana split? Just banana more bananas? Sloster? What? That's delicious. It's like banana. It's a banana dessert with, like, marshmallows. It sounds like more than bananas, so. He's making me hungry. I think it counts. Yeah, counts. It's more than bananas. It's more. It's literally more than bananas. <laughs> I'm not wrong in what I'm saying now that it's being actually dove into here. <laughs> but yeah, I I think Toronto can do it. They've played well enough, and generally championships tend to be about disappointing home fans lately. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And this is the last game at the Oracle. Even more so. Like, lately, championship games, home fans don't go happy. 
Let's see. Lewis wins in Boston last night. And the Red Sox won in L.A. And then last year's NBA Finals, the Warriors won in Cleveland. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Caps, I do believe, won in Vegas. They did. The Astros won in L.A. Yep. And the Super Bowl is never right. at a home field. And the Patriots won, so everybody this past year, the Patriots won, so everybody went home unhappy. I think that it's going to continue the trend. Home fans go home unhappy. And, I mean, if it goes to a game seven, that could continue then. But still, I think it gets done tonight. Okay. i like to see it. I would like to see it. It'd be fun. Go the dinosaurs. Go dinosaurs. And thank you for listening to the Leftovers Podcast. We put in a little extra time because we didn't have Monday. Derek Kramer. Frank Curry, Kyle Powell. And uh, I hope you enjoyed our colorful podcast today, I guess, is the way to say it. Because on this podcast, just like the St. Louis Blues, we gave all the f***s. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.